Hey everybody and welcome to a medic's mind spooktober. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on this uh, spooky episode. Uh, my theme of telling spooky stories is continuing here as we roll closer and closer to Halloween. But before I get into that, I would like to take a moment and pay my deepest respects to Constable Devin Northrup, aged 33, and Constable Morgan Russell, aged 54, both of the Innisfil Police Service, and both were killed um, by a shooter um, that they had responded to uh, while responding while responding to a call, I should say. And uh, both men tragically lost their lives uh, while in service to all of us. And so I'd like to take a moment to uh, pay some respects and also dedicate this episode to them so after the intro we'll get right into it but um yeah this episode is for them All right, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Uh, this episode here is a uh, a bit of a different one for me. Again, it's part of the spooktacular, spooktober thing that I'm working on, and it is a, a werewolf story. In fact, one of the scariest werewolf stories of all time. Or is it? I don't know. I wrote it. I don't know if you guys are going to like it. I hope you do. Uh, <laughs> I'm having fun writing and uh, and that's been something I've been searching for for quite some time in the road to recovery is uh, finding some fun things and uh, writing these things has been fun. Um, it's been something that uh, you know finding a, a joy of writing as opposed to just writing about my uh, personal experiences um, which has been therapeutic for me and something that I will continue to do but uh, this is also something that I'm enjoying as well and so uh, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you guys now this is a werewolf story I hope you guys enjoy it uh, let me know what you guys think about it if you feel like sending me some comments be sure to uh, follow me at a medic's mind across all social media platforms but anyway let's get into it and uh, happy Halloween a medic's mind presents Spooktober. It was a dreary morning. I could hear the gentle clap of rain lament against my window, along with the sibilant hiss of passing motorists from the roadway below. I gazed down at my arm. The bandage was still in place. On initial inventory, I sensed some relief. I already felt much better than I had when I went to bed, which was a good thing, because I had felt like death. I withdrew from the covers, but noted that they were still marred by sweat. I went into the bathroom for some better lighting. I knew that I had to take a look at the wound. An unease accompanied me as I worked to remove the blood-soaked rags from my arm. I could still feel the warm sting of it. As the last rotation of bandage was about to come free, I winced and squinted a little in preparation of what I was going to see. But to my delight, 
The jagged markings from the previous night had a much more palatable appearance come the morning. It was as if to be healing, which I knew was crazy, but so was that night. After work, I always enjoy the walk home. It's peaceful. A peaceful stroll beneath leading lines of high-reaching maple trees. In the fall, the walk home is imbued by mesmeric flecks of gold and rust. My name is Thomas. I work in a bookstore, and I love it. But being outside when the leaves change and the air becomes crisp and thin is something I also adore. However, that night, while on my voyage home, something frightfully unexpected and unusual occurred. About midway to my place, I heard what sounded like a menacing growl coming from the woods to my left. I stopped, I suppose, foolishly now, and peered into the dark to investigate what I was hearing. After several moments of nothingness, I contemplated resuming my walk but that notion was once again halted by a noise. This time it sounded more a whimper. It sounded as if to be a wounded dog or something the like. Curiosity got the better of me. I left the pathway and pushed into the woods a ways in search of the noise. I expected it to be close, but somehow I found myself trekking further into autumn foliage than I would have cared to have. Fearing going too far in, I stopped myself and began beckoning with friendly whistle and clicks, hoping that the injured animal might make itself known. Well, an animal certainly did make itself present, but it wasn't wounded, nor little. It was one of the biggest wolves I have ever seen. In fact, the only wild wolf I'd ever seen. Let me tell you, Though our canine contemporaries are cute, cuddly, and at times adorable, wolves are ironically inverse to the aforementioned. Its hair was coarse, matted, and musty. The snarl was wetted, demonic, and, and vile. The growl I had originally heard must have been a curtailed one, because the one it was releasing now that I was in the woods rattled the very ground beneath my stilled feet. Even through the overhang of night, I could see the glow of its yellow eyes. It began encircling me. I was petrified, motionless. Wolves and wildlife in general are not ubiquitous around here. I live in a small city after all. Regardless, I somehow found myself standing in a wooded section alone and out of sight from any would-be passerby. I felt lured. Without provocation and with brutality, the damn wolf attacked me. Instinctually, I raised my arms to protect my painfully ordinary face. I felt a searing agony tear into my flesh. It was as though the beast's teeth were made of flame and splinters. It tore violently into my arm, so violently in fact that the ferocity of its movements caused me to fall to the leafy ground. I heard snapping twigs and other wooded discards amidst the ghoulish growling. I began to turtle, truly the only call to action I had in me. 
after several moments of being pawed at, snipped at, and sniffed, to my unbelieving glee, the wolf retreated, leaving me a bloody, horror-stricken mess. I somehow managed my way home. By the time I had gotten there, fever had set in. Everything was happening so quickly that I felt as though I was going to die. Prior to flinging myself into bed, I wrapped my arm in crude bandages and passed out. Come that morning, I stood in the bathroom feeling closer to a million bucks rather than inches from death. I mean, I felt well and truly great. Allowing relief to settle over me, I carried on with my typical morning routine. Things pretty well went back to normal for me over the next several weeks. My round home was a little different. I was somewhat leery of the woods now, so I stuck to sidewalks and street-lit walkways. Other than that, things were fine. Until they weren't. I'd set a bowl of candy out of my front porch for the neighborhood kids. It was Halloween now. I'd much rather kids help themselves, even zealously so, over getting up to answer the door every three to five minutes. Sometime after supper, I began to feel unwell. Sweaty, nauseated, head spinning, and all of my muscles ached mercilessly. It was reminiscent of the night of the attack. Another oddity of note was that my senses were seemingly heightened and more alert. I could see, hear, taste, and smell better than I'd ever been able to before. In a strange way, juxtaposed to the aforementioned afflictions, the emboldened senses felt weirdly satisfying. In fact, the closer I got to my back door, the better I started to feel. I soon found myself outside and in a feverish sprint for the woods that rested near the back of my home. I had no idea where I was going or why. All I did know was that something ethereal was directing me. Something primal. I would end up at a clearing far into the woods. The only company I had were the crickets chirping and the bathing moonlight. A befitting moon for the occasion. Full and bright for All Hallows Night. As I stared at the moon, my body began to contort angrily. Violently and heinously, I heard my own bones snap from within my skin. I screamed, but what came out was guttural and surreal. It was animalistic in oration. I was transforming. I'd heard the tales. We all have. Fables and lore about werewolves. I'd read Anne Rice's works and other authors of her ilk, but I thought it all to be apologue, not cautionary. I, Thomas Everett Smith, am a werewolf. But the nights I have just told you of are not my worst of stories. They are but an introduction to the perpetuity of hell I am now to reside. The worst of my stories is perhaps the ones I wish most to withhold. But I can't. 
and while I'll share you the intricate details, at least for the moment, I will confess, the very worst of my stories begins on a Halloween night, much like the one already described. It is the story of my first feed. No one in my little town is safe. No man, woman, or child. And it dawns on me at this very moment. I've never told you where it is that I live. Perhaps it is right next door. Do you hear the howl? Is it a full moon? You'd better go check. Because my story is just beginning. Run!